0: Welcome, ladies, and thank you, Fasaya, for that wonderful introduction. I am so glad to be with you guys today. I just want to do a quick mic check, big thumbs up on the cameras if you can hear me clearly. It's coming through great. Okay, awesome. All right, ladies, so I want to just say how grateful I am to be present with you all today, to be speaking into your life today, and to really be centered around this topic of a rise. And as fasayo mentioned, I launched a ministry a few years ago called Arise Fellowship, and it was based out of Isaiah 61 that arise and shine, your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And so I want to say to you today, as we start this session and this training Portion as we start to look at some of the goals for next year, that no matter what you went through this year, the light of the Lord is still shining upon you. That this is a season that God is calling you forward and calling you out into a place of expansion and abundance. And God wants you to fully step into this moment. You know, there have been things that have happened this year, and maybe you've, you know, lost opportunity or you've lost loved ones, or maybe your health has even been affected or your finances have not been what you expected but God is speaking to you today and saying that this is now a time for you to arise into something new that everything that looked like it may have died off is not dead and so we're gonna talk about that today because there are times where we think we've lost and it looks like we're defeated and we it looks like the dreams and the goals and the things that we had planned for the year are dead but God said they're not dead There's been a divine interruption for God to settle us into some things, for God to position us for some things. And this is a season where we are now to arise into the things that we see possible. And so I'm going to go ahead and share my slides with you all today. I have just a few slides to share, um, but a story to tell and a word for you today for those of you who are really looking to step into the fullness of what God has for you. And so the theme today, and what I've titled my section as, is now is the time to arise into purpose. And so I want to speak to you all today from the book of Mark, chapter 5, verses 21 through 23. And then we're going to skip over a little bit of the story and then go into verses 35 through 42. But the reason why I titled it um, this way arise into purpose. It's because I believe that as women and as women of color and as young women, God is calling us into a place of purpose like never before. We are entering into a season as women, where we have been shunned out of certain industries, we've been shunned out of certain business opportunities, we've been shunned out of certain circles because we were women, because we were women of color, but God is saying, now is the time for you to arise into purpose. There is something more that I've called you to do, and what seems to be dead is not dead. So let's go over to Mark chapter 5. Starting at verse 21, this is a story that you may be well familiar with. And it says, now, when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at Jesus' feet and begged him earnestly, saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live so Jesus went with speaking some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said your daughter is dead why trouble the teacher any further so I want to take just a quick pause here because this I've skipped through some pieces of the story so at the very beginning we see Jairus um, Jairus coming to Jesus and saying my daughter is at the point of death now she wasn't dead She was very ill, but she was at the point of death. It looked like this thing was not going to turn around. And he knew that if Jesus could come and lay his hands on her, that she would come back to full life. And on the way, Jesus is interrupted with the woman with the issue of blood. Very familiar story, if you know the word of God. And so he's interrupted on his way to address this issue of a sick girl. And he takes time in that moment to address the issue, the woman with the issue of blood. And so we pick the story up here in verse 35. And while he was still speaking, someone from Jairus's house, from the ruler of the synagogue's house, came to Jesus and said, or came to Jairus and said, your daughter is dead. And so now a bad situation has gotten even worse. And come on, how many of us was feeling that in 2020, where the pandemic happened and they shut everything down, but then the economic crisis happened, and then George Floyd happened and the other murders happened, and then we come up on the election, and it seemed like one thing after the other, things were just dying off, and it got from bad to worse over 2020. And maybe you experienced that in your own personal life, where it went from bad to worse, and it looks like a dead situation. But Jesus said in verse 36, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid. Only believe, and he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And then they came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who wept and welled loudly. And so the people were outside and they were crying because this girl had died. And when Jesus came in, verse 39, he said to them, Why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when he had put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was laying. And then Jesus took the child by hand and said to her, Talithakumi, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl arose and walked. Now, I wanna to talk to you today about those childhood dreams, and I'm going to tie all of this together in the end. But I want today to talk about your dreams as a little girl, right? We're talking about this 12 year old girl in the story who was sick and eventually died. But I want to relate that to dreams in our heart, to purposes and desires that we've carried through the years from being a little girl to the present day, things in our life that may have died. And we may have stepped out on them. We may have tried them and it didn't pan out. And we let the dream and the fire of that dream die. We let the purpose of God in our heart die. And so today I want to take you back to your dreams as a little girl. And as I'm sharing my story of, of my dream as a little girl, I want you to think about what were those things that you dreamt about as a little girl? What were the plans and the goals that you had set out for yourself, the, the level of achievement that you wanted to reach when you were younger? Now, I remember my childhood dream, and I remember sitting in front of the TV as a little girl, watching lawyers on TV, and that was my dream. And I did everything Fisaya was talking about earlier, about goal setting and, and how to make the good grades and you know, cutting out the distractions. I did all of that so that I could get to a place of achievement. And I studied hard, I did everything that I was taught to do in terms of reaching goals, and I finally did it. I got into law school, and that first semester, I was living a childhood dream. And so as that semester went on, you know, I made new friends, and I studied hard, and you know, made really good grades. My exams that year, I aced every single one of them. And then going into the second semester, though, I started to feel a stirring in my spirit. And there was just something unsettled on the inside of me. And so I started to pray and I said, you know, God, what is this that's, that's disturbing me, that's bothering me? You know, everything is good. I'm working at a really prestigious law firm. I'm in law school. You know, all of the things are working for me, right? And I had no reason to be upset or to feel like I was missing out. And yet there was a void on the inside. And so for my birthday that year, I flew myself out to Atlanta and I attended a conference by Lisa Nichols called Abundance Now. And at that conference, I sat in the audience and I watched her on stage and tears began to stream down my face. And then I felt that stirring in the pit of my stomach again. And I knew that something was missing. And it was a three-day conference. So after that first day of sitting there crying, I went back to my room and I just started to pray and ask God, Lord, show me what have you called me to do? If I'm not in the right place, if I'm not doing the thing that you've purposed me to do, if the childhood dream that I had was not your intention for my life, then show me what it is. And by the end of that conference, I remember Lisa was on stage and telling her story of how God had called her into this place of purpose and tears started to flow again. But this time they were tears of clarity. They were tears of confidence. They were tears of joy because God was showing to me through Lisa, the thing that he had called me to do. And so that, that afternoon, it was a Saturday I got on the plane and I flew back back to Houston. It was a three hour flight. And I remember sitting there and remembering a quote by Kevin Costner that says, when a defining moment comes along, you either define the moment or the moment defines you. And I knew I had reached a place of a defining moment. And I had a decision to make. Was I going to let the dreams of a little girl to become a lawyer define the woman that I was becoming? Or was I going to allow myself to arise into a new purpose, to arise into a new season of life, to arise into a new call that God had on my life? Or was I going to stay in the shadows of what was comfortable, what was familiar, what I was used to, what I had always dreamt about? And so that defining moment for me had come. And so that next Monday morning, I called my law school counselor and I dropped all of my classes. I knew that I could not let a childhood dream define the woman that I was becoming. And so today I want to challenge you with that. That right now is a moment that is a defining moment for you. This conference is a defining moment that has come along to call you into a new place of ascension, to call you into a new place of purpose. This conference has come along, and it's provoking you to not only identify what your goals are, but to actually set out a strategy of how to execute this vision for your life. God is calling you today to arise into purpose. And so I want to encourage you to understand, to know, and to believe that there is more in you than you could ever imagine, more than you could ever imagine. And it takes us being in a place of intention and in a place of of, of purpose and clarity for us to get to the great idea that God has over our life. But there's more in you. Just like we looked at the damsel in Mark chapter 5, who they said was dead, she wasn't dead, she was only sleeping. Why? Because there was more life in her. There's more life in you today. So no matter what has happened over this year, there's more that God wants for you. Now, God wouldn't allow you to see your dreams and to see what's possible in your life, to imagine new things and new objectives and new strategies and new business ideas if you couldn't actually achieve it. You see, the word of God tells us that God has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness, and so the fact that you can even imagine it means that it's possible for you. So what are you dreaming about? Are you still holding on to those dreams of a little girl? that maybe no longer fit the woman that you've become? Or have you even let those dreams die, which are actually possible for you? Have you been dreaming about starting your own business or starting your own ministry or launching out into a new project that God has placed on your heart to help other people? Are you still dreaming about that? Because if you are, and if you can see it in your mind, it's possible for you. You know, what did God tell Jeremiah? First, he started with a question. He said, Jeremiah, what do you see? God will always start with your vision. And as Messiah broke it down, a vision is not necessarily a goal, but your vision is the big picture. What do you see? What do you see for 2021? What do you see for your life going forward? What do you see is possible for you? Because once Jeremiah declared what he saw, God said, you have seen well, and I am going to perform it. God is going to partner with you in 2021, and he's going to bring about the things that you can see well. And the best part of it, God said, I'm going to do it speedily. I'm going to do it expeditiously. There's not going to be a a delay. Why? Because the time is now. So let's talk about purpose. Because I'm calling you all to arise into a new level of purpose. And just like me, I had a childhood idea of what my purpose was. And that defining moment came along and it pushed me into a new place of purpose. And so I want to talk today and break down a strategy for those of you who don't know what your purpose is or who needs to fine tune what your purpose is. I'm going to walk you through a strategy and a framework that will help you identify that. But I want you constantly thinking, God, what did you create me to be? Who did you create me to be? And what did you create me to do? Because see, purpose starts with you. Purpose is an inside job. Oftentimes, we look external of ourselves, and we look at our jobs, and we look at what our family has achieved, and we look at the things that our family wants us to do, and we want to center our purpose around that. But purpose didn't start with any of that. It didn't start with a thing that you can see or experience right now. Your purpose started with your creator. So, God, what did you create me to do? Who did you create me to be? Who is the woman that I am to become? And so let's talk about how we can start to identify who God created us to be and what God has created us to do. And if you have your notes um, out, I want you to go ahead and write this framework down. I don't have any more slides that I'm going to go through to break it down, but I'm going to talk to you about each one of these points. So when I was going through this season of figuring out what my purpose was, and here I was a law school student who has just dropped all of her classes and trying to figure out what the Lord was saying to me. I remember coming home from work one Friday evening and, you know, I had a great job. I was at a prestigious law firm. Things were good. But again i was unsettled in my spirit and so i was constantly in prayer and i was constantly seeking the lord lord who have you created me to be what have you called me to do and that friday evening i got home from work and you know like many of us do i went to youtube university to find some sort of inspiration and i remember scrolling through my feed and seeing a beyonce documentary and in a part of this documentary she's staring into the camera and she says, God, why did you give me this gift? And you could see the struggle and the questioning of God, who have you really called me to be? And I'm a great singer and I have all this notoriety and this fame, but, but God, why me? And why this gift? And as she sat there and tears rolled down her face and she's having this conversation with God, It struck a chord in me because it was my very question, God, why me and why this gift? And see, in the back of my head, I was remembering Lisa Nichols on stage, and I'm remembering an audience of people that filled the room that we were in. And and I started to feel intimidated that God had called me to do this thing. And I felt like it was impossible. But then I saw Beyonce who was at the top of her game, the top of her industry, having that same struggle. And so I knew that I was not alone in this. And so I'm saying to you today that if that's been you and you've been saying, God, I, I kind of think I got an idea of what you've called me to do, but, but God, why me and, and why this? And can I really do it? I want you to know you're not alone in those thoughts and feelings. We all go through that as we start to unlock our purpose. But as I watched that video, I began to pray and I said, okay, God, I said, if Beyonce has a gift, then that means I have a gift. If Beyonce can, can be in front of a crowd of people. And that's what you've called me to do. Then it's possible because I'm a child of God. I'm doing the thing that you've called me to do. I have the Holy spirit living on the inside of me, that same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. I know that it's possible for me. And so that next morning I woke up and the Holy spirit began to download this framework into my spirit. And he took me through stages of identifying what my purpose was. So step number one or key number one to unlocking your purpose is your gift. What is your gift? What are you gifted to do? What is in your hand that you can do better than most people can do? What is that thing that comes naturally to you? Now I'll say this quickly about your gift. Oftentimes you're born with the gift. Now, see, I thought that my gift, which is speaking, right? Influencing people through words, I thought that my gift was gonna be used as a lawyer, right? And I thought I was gonna be standing up in courtrooms and defending people or prosecuting people, you know, using my gift of speaking in that industry. But God said not so, but the gift was still present. The gift was still there. And so I want you to think about your gift, not just as spiritual gifts. Sometimes as the body of Christ, we can get stuck on the book of Corinthians um, or the book of Ephesians and only think about spiritual gifts. But I want you to also consider your natural gifts. What are those things, those those abilities or skill sets that you've developed either through work experience or maybe through um, just volunteer work that you've done? What are those gifts that you've been able to acquire or skill sets you've been able to acquire as you've gone through life? Those are all gifts that God has placed in your hand, tools that God has placed in your hand that he can now use to help bless humanity and not only bless humanity, but to prosper you along the way. And so key number one is your gift. When you identify what is unique that is in your hand that you can do better than anyone else, you are one step closer to identifying what your purpose is. And then number two is your audience. Now, when you think about audience, and sometimes we can get lost and think that we have to be in front of thousands of people in order for purpose to be alive in us but not so some of you are called in our purpose to be great wives and great mothers. And so your audience is your family, but audience answers the question, who needs what I have? Your gift says, what do I have in my hand? But your audience then says, who needs that gift? Who needs what's in my hand? Who can benefit from the thing that I do well? and so i don't know if you all you know like i said i love youtube university i love it and so there's a video by uh it's, a, and it's a, like a motivational video by steve harvey and he's telling this story of marie calendar and how she bakes a pie a single pie and puts it into this restaurant um just as, as an opportunity right like Um, she was going through a struggling moment. The restaurant was going through a struggling moment. She baked one pie. They sliced it up. That day they sold every single piece. And so she had to go and bake more pies and then more pies. And then they had to build out the ovens. And eventually that turned into a multi-million dollar business. Now who thought that her gift of baking a pie would become a multi-million dollar business. And who thought that the pies that she was baking for her family would turn into an audience of people around the world because now her pies are sold in all kinds of stores. And so her audience expanded, but there was someone who needed what she had. There was someone who needed her gift of baking a pie. And so who needs what you have? When you figure out who your audience is, you can marry your gift and start serving the audience with your gift. And so one of the things I did when I realized that my gift was speaking, I said, okay, well then who can I speak to (laughs) and what do I have to say? And so I started doing more of that. And remember, I told you God walked me through this framework. And so it was a little piece here and a little piece there. But I took my gift of speaking and I started speaking to those who I knew I could encourage. But maybe you have a different gift. Maybe you really have a gift of entrepreneurship and maybe you can monetize that knowledge. Who needs your knowledge and your skill set of how to run a business, of how to build a business, how to even launch a business? right? Maybe you're in the medical field. Who is your audience and what is your gift to that audience? And then your platform. So when you think about platform, again, I don't want you to just think about church as being the platform or preaching as being the platform or a stage as being a platform. We're on Zoom right now. This is a platform. You're on Instagram scrolling through or TikTok. Y'all, I've been obsessed with TikTok. Don't judge me. I have spent hours watching TikTok. But that has become a platform for so many people to use their gift, right? Whether it's singing or dancing or telling a story or being just creative with, with fashion or makeup, that has become a platform for them to reach their audience to use their gift, you see how we're building on this and so your platform does not have to be limited to a physical space but your platform answers the question where can you reach your audience where can you reach your audience that then becomes your platform and so wherever you can reach your audience so for me when i was when i first launched my ministry i too like Fisayo, was doing vision board parties And, you know, my platform was a public library where I gathered my audience together and I used my gift of speaking to teach them about vision boards. That was my platform. And then my platform shifted to online and I started doing online coaching. And so Zoom became my platform, but I was still able to reach my audience through Facebook ads or Instagram ads. Those were my platforms. And now I'm stepping more into the realm of public speaking. And so anywhere I can find a stage to use my gift and reach my audience, that becomes my platform. So thinking about your gift and thinking about your audience who needs your gift Where is your platform? How can you reach the people that needs what you have? That's your platform. Now, part of coaching is not to give you the answer, right? And that's what I'm doing today. I'm coaching you through this framework, but it's to ask the question, to provoke you to think about the thing that you've not been thinking about. And so I'll just review real quick. Your gift is what am I good at? What do I have in my hand? What can I do well? Your audience is who needs what I have. Who needs my gift? And then your platform, where can I reach that audience? How can I get a hold of that audience so I can share my gift? And then your story. Now, I want you all to think about how I started this session. I started with a story. And in fact, I've told you three stories. I told you the story of the damsel who was sick and who died off. Then I told you the story of my childhood dream. And then I also told you the story of me watching the Beyonce video. Now here's the reason why I did. Your story, the moments of your life, those defining moments that you've come along to, that you've had to work through and make decisions through, those pieces of your life story is what's going to draw you into your audience and connect your audience to you. So think about it. Anytime Apple is trying to sell you something or any commercial, in fact, what are they doing? They're telling you a story. It may be a 30 second story, but it's a story, right? Right. What did Jesus do when he was out amongst the people and in the crowds? What did he do the most? He shared parables. And what are parables? Stories. And why did he do it? To connect with the audience. So let me tie this together for you. When you're using your gift in front of your audience on whatever platform you're on, you should always use a story to connect them, not only to your gift, but to the message and the purpose of your gift you see, and I didn't share this, but I'll share it here. Your gift is an answer to whatever your audience needs. It's an answer. It's a solution. It's a better way of doing something. It's a benefit to something that your audience needs. So your gift is an answer. So when you're telling a story It's not you just getting up and randomly telling people your business, right? Because we've all been through some things in life. We ain't telling all the story. (laughs) We're telling the story as it relates to why our gift matters. Why are you necessary in this world? Why do you even have a purpose? Why is God using you to connect with this audience? Why does what you have matter to them? That is your story. And your story should always tie in to your audience and what your audience wants to know when they're sitting in front of you or when you're pitching your business idea or when you're serving them on whatever platform, your audience wants to know what's in it for me. What's in it for me? That's what they want to know. Your story should answer that question for them. What's in it for me? Delita, why does your gift of speaking matter to me? Right? That's what any audience I'm standing in front of wanna know, why does what you have to say matter to me? And so it's my job through storytelling as I'm teaching them, to teach them why what I'm saying even matters. And so no matter what your gift is or who your audience is, when you're standing on that platform, your story should tell them why your gift matters, why you are necessary in the world. And then finally, your strategy. Now, this is the part I love, and it's near and dear to my heart, and it's what I'm stepping more and more into, but your strategy ties all of this together with a pretty little bow, and your strategy will answer the question of how will I execute my gift and get it in front of my audience? Excuse me. How will I do that? Now, like for me, my gift started and my audience started as ministry. That's all I knew. And that's what I was good at. And so I started with the fruit that was most easily reachable for me. <laughs> it was low-hanging fruit for me. I could reach an audience quickly through ministry. And so that's what, where I started to use my gift. And that's the crowd that I started with. But then my strategy started to evolve as I understood my gift. And, and I want to say this about gifting. You can have multiple gifts. You will usually have one or two dominant gifts. Okay. And so me, I have two dominant gifts. I have a gift of speaking and I also have a gift of administration. So my strategy for speaking is ministry. Ministry is my strategy for speaking, but my administrative gift, my strategy there is consulting. And so what strategy does is it gives you a game plan of how you're going to execute your purpose, how you're going to use your gift, how you're going to reach your audience. It answers all of the questions of how. I know who to serve. I know what to serve. I know where to serve. I know why to serve it. That's your story. But now how am I going to do it? How am I going to get it out into the marketplace? How am I going to get it in front of my family? So I'll give you this um, quick. Here's another story <laughs> of why strategy matters. But I remember, um, I just moved to DC for the job that I was working on and God was, I had shut down my ministry here in in Houston and moved to DC, DC, but God was calling me back into a place of teaching the word of God and praying and doing all of the things. And he gave me a new audience, same gift of speaking, but a new audience. And it was my family. And God started to really put into my heart that he wanted me to get into our family Facebook group and begin to teach them the word of God and to begin to pray with them. And so God changed my strategy for that season, and he changed my audience for that season, and I had a new way of living out purpose, and I did it with my family. And so for those of you who are not called into business or not called into ministry, and you know that for sure, and maybe you're called, like I said earlier, to be um, a good wife and a good mother or just a good sister-in-law, right? And to encourage those that are around you. Encouragement is a gift, right? Because there are some people that are just bent on being depressed. And so they need people like you that will come and smile and shine some light into very dark days for them. There are unbelievers who need your encouragement. Right. And so it doesn't have to be about business and making money. It can be something as simple as you praying with your family. But what is your strategy? And so my strategy was to go into the Facebook group every Monday night. I had one scripture that I unfolded for them. I taught that for five minutes and then we prayed. And if they had prayer requests, we prayed over that. That was the strategy. Who was the audience? My family. What was the gift? Me speaking and teaching. What was the platform? The Facebook group. What was the story? It was the word of God always. And so this framework can work no matter what you're trying to figure out. No matter which project or purpose you're trying to bring into the earth realm, this strategy will work for you to bring all of the pieces together. And so I hope you've taken this down and you're looking at this from the lens of 2021. God, who have you called me to be and what have you called me to do? Now, for those of you who haven't figured that out, this is one way to start unlocking that purpose so that you can arise into a place of purpose, so that you can arise into the things that God has called you to do. And so I just want to right now declare a word over you and to declare a word over 2021 for you as you are looking at your gift. And as you're looking at your audience, your platform, your story and the strategy of how you're going to bring it all together, I want to declare to you that 2021 is going to be a year of total purpose for you. That as a woman called by God, this is your season to arise into new levels of intention, purpose, and execution, that this is a season, and I'm hearing that for a lot of you, that you're arising into a season of execution. God says that you've been planning it, you've been plotting it, you've been thinking about it and dreaming about it, you've even made a vision board about it before, but God says that this is a year of execution for you. He said you have the framework, you have everything that you need to make it happen. He says, so today I'm instilling into you, I'm infusing into you a new level of faith faith because 2021 will be your year of execution. And God says, like he told Moses, when Moses was standing at the Red Sea and Moses went and cried out to God and said, God, the Pharaoh is behind me and the Red Sea is in front of me and everything around me looks impossible. He cried out to God and God said, what are you crying out to me for? Extend your rod. And so I'm saying that to you ladies today, extend your rod. Your rod is your gift. Your rod is that thing that God has been training you up in. Your rod is that vision and that idea and that business venture that you've been thinking about and planning and praying about. And God has been training you up in that thing. That is your rod. And when you extend it, like Moses extended his rod over the Red Sea, the power of God was activated in his life. And so I'm declaring to you today that in 2021, when you extend your rod, when you execute on the thing that you've been dreaming about, it's going to activate the power of God over your life. Just like when Jesus went into the, to the little girl in Mark chapter five, and it looks like everything in her life was dead and the people were wailing and crying and they had given up hope. Jesus came and said, there's no need for you to worry. It's not dead. That idea, that dream, that vision, that hope that you've been praying about, it is not dead. It is lying dormant. And so today we are calling it forth to arise. We are calling those dreams to arise. We are taking it by the hand like Jesus took the little girl by the hand and we're saying Talitha Kumi arise. And so I'm declaring that today that your dreams are going to arise in 2021. Your plans and your purposes and the goals that you're about to write, they will arise in 2021 when you step out and you execute. And so Jesus took the little girl by the hand and he declared to her and she arose to new life. What are you taking by the hand this year? What goal are you going to put in your hand and declare Talitha Kumi, arise. And so you have in front of you the workbook. And so we are now at a place of you writing down goal number one. And so thinking about everything I just taught you in terms of your purpose and your gift and who you're called to serve and where you're called to serve them and the strategy that you plan to use, I want you now to go to that place in your workbook for goal number one and start to write down that first goal. And ladies, I encourage you to step into this prophetic word, that 2021 is a year of execution. And so as you're writing that goal, I want you to list out three ways that you're gonna execute it. Three ideas of how you're gonna make that happen. I am so blessed to be with you today and I will stick around for the Q&A at the end of the session. I'll turn it back over to Fasayo.